With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana and you're listening to the Mall Over Podcast. You know what? I'm not going to do it this week. After listening to your, last, your failed attempts last week, Douglas, I'm not even going to bother trying to, trying to go for my usual opening gambit. I think it's boring. Nobody likes it anymore. And we don't give any news and opinion on the weekend's rugby action. Um, we are an ad hoc rugby podcast that turn up when we want now because uh, we don't really give a shit. So welcome back to the All Over podcast. <laughs> hello, um, new listeners. Hello, what will. <laughs> hello to all the new listeners, all the South Africans that will be listening after um, Phil's badger baiting today around scrum time but we'll get on to that uh i'm joined this week uh by um the smaller of the eustace brothers um probably the least talented hi ben hello i'm, I'm feeling quite i'm not gonna argue with any of that i know it's poor isn't it really poor for me um and i'm also joined by um great britain's number one mike friday tribute act Dougie Andrews, <laughs> welcome. He's on mute as well. Like he muted himself because he was trying to be clever. And they can't. How are we going? Well. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, Seven. Fresh, fresh back from Doha. Um, I'm just on my way out there for uh, the the. Uh, you go to, du- to Dubes. Well, I'm not, but Mike is. Mike's going to Dubes. Oh, you're not. That's a shame. Where are you going this weekend? Bristol. Bristol. I mean, Wolverhampton one week, Bristol the next. Douglas knows how to live. That sounded like uh, Chicago's verse. <laughs> For those of you, I mean, pretty much everyone that listened to this now has, has heard the, the rugby song. I used to work in Chicago's, the old department store. I mean, what's the best? What's the best rugby song of that nature, do you reckon? Do you reckon it's Chicago's? Yeah, Chicago's just purely because everyone knows it. Classic. Yeah. Well, one of my favourites was Yogi Bear. Um, Yogi Bear. Has anybody yeah. seen JC? Have you heard that one? 
Not since Easter Monday riding on a donkey has anybody seen JC. No. No? I, I did enjoy the uh, the uh, is no use to anyone number that we sang after that's, that. That's has anybody seen JC? Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Sorry. No, is it? Hold on. He's he's no he's he's so good, he's divine, he turned water into wine. Has anybody seen JC? <laughs> no, he's no bloody use to anyone. Oh, no oh that one. He ought to be publicly shot on. He ought to be publicly shot. That one. I mean, they're all classics, aren't they? But Chicago's is probably the most famous. I don't know what took me down that rabbit hole, but it was it was enjoyable nonetheless. If you've got any um, any verses to either Chicago or uh, has anybody seen JC? Tweet us, and we'll and we'll retweet the best. No one's going to tweet. No, they're not. And I'm also and I'll retweet them all. In, in the hope of offending as many people as humanly possible. Because I'm kind of at that level right now. Uh, right. The, the level of your checked out is just <laughs> off the charts. I mean... You, you could not give less of a shit about <laughs> this anymore, could you? <laughs> Correct. And, and, you know, the, I think you'd rather file a tax return. If, if, and it's a big if, and we'll come on to it. But if last Saturday hadn't have been such a monumental abomination, there's a chance I would have just canned this whole fucking thing and deleted Twitter. It it was shambolic, uh, devoid of ideas, equal parts, Desperate and lackadaisical. Um, you talking about the rugby or Russ's tweeting? Both. <laughs> Ineffective. <Yeah>. Ill-judged. Ginger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of huff and puff without any actual result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Offensive. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Just bullshit. So, so to warn everyone before we get started, this is probably going to get relatively ranty and be extremely moany. If you've never listened to them all over before, um, we do, to a certain extent, try to remain positive. We do, to a certain extent, try and remain unbiased and factual. No, we don't remain factual. That's utter bullshit. We try and give honest opinion based on what we see as actual rugby fans. Um, and we do wherever possible try not to jump up and down on referees' faces because you know it's not really the done thing. However, before we get into how bad England were, and I want to make it clear, England did not lose this game at the weekend because of Angus Gardner, they did not. That is a fact, they didn't. But what I will say is from a fan's perspective, that was one of the worst international refereeing performances I think I've ever seen. And uh, there are a number of reasons of reasons why, but inconsistent, like the inconsistency of decision-making. I, I couldn't get my head around it. And I was so, and the, the more it was happening, the more I was getting wound up by it. I mean, that second half, 
we had there was a number of scrums and, and we can use the scrum as a, as a prime example we had a number of scrums where england were penalized for being unstable and south africa given a free kick on both their own and south africa's put in when south africa happened to be unstable at their put in and england's put in it was a reset When South Africa were boring in and losing their feet behind, it was England's hinging that was an issue. When Faf de Klerk is trying to decapitate Marcus Smith, nothing was mentioned, nothing was said. And I think this is all down primarily to officials being so shit scared of having a little video dossier presented on them by Razi Erasmus that that they he was he didn't know how to referee the game and it was so bad that it just became laughable at the end because you just knew exactly what what was going to happen now for all the south africans are saying ah oh, this is all sour grapes about england losing and your scrum got marmalized like it did in the world cup final and you lost again and Fine, like the we lost. It's not sour grapes. I know we lost because England was shitter than South Africa. But I'm not coming on here and saying, oh yeah, well, it was the referee that caused this and it was the referee that caused that. I'm just saying the guy was fucking shit. Do either of you two want to say anything about Angus Gardner before we move on to England? Because I, oh, I was just like gonna I... say you or me, Ben. Uh, you go on, Doug. You'll probably say think, what I'm going to say. I but... think the thing that offends me most about Angus Gardner is his voice. Oh, you've been boring in there, mate. He <laughs> sounds like... A, a Sounded like fucking um, Australian Kermit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, yeah. or Fuzzy Bear. Yeah. Waka waka, you were hinging. Um, no, he wasn't great, but... The only there were 15 worst performances on that pitch, and there was one performance in the coaching box, which I would say put everyone in their place. So, I, look, I'm not going to blame Angus Gardner, that's what South Africans do. I do wonder the combined effect of Razzie's bullshit is. Um, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I, don't, I, mean, I don't think you blame Gardner for that. I mean, I'd like to think, and probably Agus Gardner would probably like to think that he just had an off day rather than Razzie was affecting him. And hopefully we, you know, it's not giving Razzie the, the credit, if that's the right word, he, he doesn't deserve to say that. I'm, I mean, you, you're absolutely right, Doug, that... I'm not going to get upset about the referee on Saturday. I'd rather get upset when the referee costs a match, but he could have, he could have given us a penalty every two minutes. And we probably still wouldn't. Um, the only one that I think. Oh yeah. Cause when we did have penalties, we, we had missed for them. some reason, Owen Farrell shanking and pass the yeah. post. We've got one of the most ice cool kickers on planet earth and the actual fly half being told to, mind his place and and let let the grown-ups kick yeah i mean the one i think is it does bear mentioning is 
Faf de Klerk's lucky that he missed because Faf de Klerk does that all the time. Yeah, that all was the time, and he's been getting away with it for years because he's he, little. Yeah, he he was definitely aiming to 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 take him out there. Yeah. You know, he might not have been aiming for his head, but he was definitely. You know, it was a cheap shot from the blind side. You know, you could see that in 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 the first replay. So I think he, he is lucky he didn't catch him because if he had been a split second earlier, he would have caught him right in the side of the head. Um, but, you know, he didn't. So there's not much the ref can do about it. But, no. you know, he, he should cut that out. Fucking Bucks Fizz wannabe. <laughs> I'm glad he got injured. <laughs> I mean, I can't I, stand I him. He, I hope he just can't stand him. Yeah. Like, you know what? It was you really stupid. I, you know what I like about him? is Every time he comes on the screen, I'm compelled to say, she's cute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when he was at sale, I started to think to myself, like, uh, maybe, maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe it's just the haircut. Maybe he's just got an annoying face. And as soon as he played in that, South Africa A against the Lions. I was just like, God, I can't stand the bloke. And, um, you know, it was stupid by Johnny Hill, but I don't I mean, really blame you can, him. You can, you can understand why Johnny Hill has done it. And, I mean, and the, the clerk has made every, you know, he's made three square meals a day out of that. And yeah. It, and it's, just... it's a shame he didn't drop, manage to drop him into row C of the crowd or something, but you that know, would have been better. But still, yeah. it you know, brainless, and we can yeah, add yeah. that to the list of, of brainless things that England did. Um, starting, you know, potentially with with selection. Um, where where do we go with with Eddie Jones and his selection policy? Because Mate, we've been saying this for three and a half years. Where do we go with Eddie Jones? We're going, and ironically, the answer is we're going absolutely nowhere with Eddie Jones. Well, we're going backwards now. We we are absolutely going backwards. Every other team has moved on apart from England. It's like he's he's spent the last two and a half years going, I need to freshen up this England side. You remember when when, when, um, he first dropped Mako and all those guys, it was all... We we need to evolve as a team. We need to do this. We need to do that. And basically, he's got to six. Well, eight months away from a World Cup, he's shattered brick and he's brought everyone back. Yeah, and it, 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 in it effect, makes no sense. The players like that. The, the the discussion we had on on our on our Twitter group about. He must be the only person in England who thinks Alex Coles is the best flanker in England. I, 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 it makes no sense to me whatsoever, that decision. Just don't understand it. I agree. Yeah. And then, and then to take... So did you notice he took, he took, he took Coles off, right? Instead of putting Simmons on, he took Coles off and put ribbons on and move the Toji to six. I just don't understand it. Because it, it's not like those players are of such imposing physical nature. We spend every week when we talk about Premiership Rugby bemoaning Saints for being soft. Yeah. 
and then and then we're putting two Saints players in against the most physical team in the world. Why are we trying to beat them at their game? Why are we trying to do what they do when we've got such unique talents in our in our player pool? It's yeah. just he's just completely myopic. He's completely obsessed with his own genius. It and it's to the, it, it's going to be to we we may not make it out of the groups of the World Cup because we we don't have a clue what we're doing. There's obviously a there's a power struggle in in our halfbacks. That's Nobody been an issue. That we're rudderless because. Farrell's been moved inside to accommodate a player that's effectively his replacement. It it just it's a mess. It's a real mess. It is a mess. So we're then, just lucky that Wales are a bigger mess. Well, yeah. We, Do you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me a bit of someone who's been on Twitter too much. But I know he's not on Twitter, but you know, like someone gets on Twitter and they just get like hung up on a subject and they have to be right about it. You know, like Lawrence Fox. <laughs> oh, you mean like, um, I don't know, just picking two random names out of the ether, Josh Gardner and Squid Rugby? Well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like he's, 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 he's like got into an art. It's a real life Twitter argument with the rugby press and rugby social media and probably everyone else in rugby. And he's now just double, doubling down and doubling down on I'm going to win with a big second row at six and I'm going to win with Farrell at 12. And it's like nothing can change his mind now. Um, and it, it's like an anti-vaxxer on Twitter or something like that, isn't it? It's just he's just gone gone in hard now and you're just not going to change his mind. And it's, it's almost like the only thing that's going to change his mind is when he goes off and manages the USA for the next World Cup or something like that. So, because I think it's not going to change now. No, Absolutely not. I, I, I understand that, but like, what I want to understand is what is his plan? What what is this mystical thing that he's trying to do that he won't let anyone know about? You know, it's it's like one of those um, one of those builders who says, "Oh yeah, I'll be round. I'll be round next week. Yeah, I'll be there." And they never come. Yeah, that's so exactly the point. Half built wall. He he's give, he's sort of trying to give the impression that he has a plan, but you have to give some indication of any kind of plan for anyone to believe you. The, the yeah. like at the moment, it's just like run a couple of phases and then mill around a bit until the opposition has sat in your pocket and you drop the ball, and I don't think that's the plan but you know it could be so so just taking the back row for instance so on friday on friday night there was kenningham and don brandt for um harlequins i know he's looked at kenningham before don brandt's obviously been involved um ludlow for gloucester then um saturday there weren't weren't too many um ben curry wasn't playing I mean, we've literally got clone a clone of one of the best back row in the world. Um, then on Sunday the, for for Leicester, there were two young guys playing for Leicester, who at this point last year and potentially through the Six Nations, they were 
sort of the, the great white hope, wasn't he? Do you remember when Ollie Chesson played and everyone goes, oh, this guy looks good. Another five and a half, potentially. Uh, the same with George Martin. Came out of nowhere, played a couple of test matches off the bench, random training squad. Oh, where's he now? Not even getting any sort of look in. Um, there's quite literally two Willises that that could do a, a good job. You know, the, the rotting carcass of Benny Villapola, who who played in all of the... Um, uh, Simmons played at eight in... Did Simmons play at eight against, against Japan? Japan? Um, yeah. But other than that, like Billy Vodopola, he's so far done. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it's... there's so many more dynamic options. I mean, you got you could play Lewis Ludlam and even Aaron Hinckley, who's been amazing for Saints. Well, be ben Earl well. is the name that springs ben to Earl, my mind. Dave, Dave Ewers. But Earl, like Earl, Earl is the one, isn't he? Earl and Jack Willis. Imagine having a, a dynamic back row of, you know, Curry, Willis, and Earl, or or Curry, Earl, and Dombrant. Yeah, to give With, it some balance. Yeah, no, um, no problem. With yeah, that. or or you know, I mean, the the only sort of hope I have, and it's probably a a, a forlorn hope because, no, it's not the only hope I have. I'm talking rugby here. <laughs> Just in life, the only hope of yeah, um, is you know, but it's someone he's looked at and not not like the look of. But you know, I think by the time of the World Cup, Mercer should be eligible. Um, but you know, he played him for half a game against Japan. Didn't like what he saw and and never picked him again. But Shepherd's crooked him as well, didn't he? Yeah, I mean. You know, that's that's a guy who's always looked like an international to me. Um, you know, but he's not maybe he's not a Billy type. He's not gonna necessarily smash a hole where there isn't one, but he, he's a bit more like Don Brandt where he might find one. Um you know, it's <clears throat> it's sometimes like you say, it's it's infuriating when some players have had a lot of chances and been binned when they've actually looked like they might be able to step in the side like Earl has, or some haven't been given hardly any chance at all. Uh, And, you know, and then other players have just disappeared that have been around for ages. So what is his plan? I don't know. I mean, Freeman, he he was gone after a half. And And, and what frustrates you more, Ben? So... you mentioned Freeman there. The poor guy didn't even get a chance to have a ball in his hand to attack. He plays in a in a Saints side. Yeah, that, I mean they were saying go forward ball, right? I've seen I've seen people openly criticize Manu Tuolangi for his performances in the autumn. The guy hasn't even had the ball. ball How can yeah. you criticize him when he's not getting and, the ball? And because because the, the, there's Sorry, this power struggle between Smith and Farrell. And we've been down this road. We were down this road before the last World Cup. We're going down the road with uh, with Ford and Farrell. We're going down this road again, right? If Farrell plays, he has to be 10. And actually, it showed against, um, you know, yes, we were chasing the game and it was, it was a little bit. But as soon as we had Farrell at 10 and a couple of centres, we actually looked like we could go forward. And I know Slade made a you know mm. a couple of a couple of errors, but he scored the try. 
you know, Noel, Noel was decent when he came on. But, like, you look, we look like we've got a bit of an attacking structure. With yeah, Ford I mean, and, uh, I keep saying Ford and Farrell, with Smith and Farrell, it may as well be Ford and Farrell of three years ago. To say yeah. it's exactly the same. And you can't, you know, I've said it over and over again. Marcus Smith plays very well for Harlequins when he's got a big cunt inside him and a big cunt outside him. That's what he does. Sorry for the C-bombs, but... It, I'm mate, I, mate I've, I've got to stop you there. I think, I think that's, too, that's too simple. I don't think Marcus Smith is allowed to play with the freedom that he does at no. Quinns. He's not allowed to make decisions, mate. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I agree. They, and, they but... play to such a rigid structure. Yeah. Yeah. They play to such a rigid structure and he's got such a big personality outside him. We won't let him stray from that. And who wants to make the decisions? And let's be frank, he's probably calling the plays. Yeah. Marcus yeah, Smith yeah. is effectively just a very well paid pivot. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's a fair that's a fair comment. But equally, you see the game plan that Harkins play, and Smith is Smith is allowed to run those plays yes because he's not got somebody outside him telling him what to do but equally he's got defenders that are being fixed by a big 12 and a big eight either side of him that he can go either way or he can miss them both with England England is so sorry England is so easy to defend against because they've got nobody inside that's carrying hard enough and they definitely haven't got somebody outside Smith that's carrying hard enough I I just don't agree because you think about the amount of times that you have two Lange running first phase ball and you have Vunipola on the inside of him. He's got the two biggest cunts in England. He didn't have two Lange running off a of first phase ball. But once they used it once off the first line out well, and it worked. And then they never did it again, partially because they couldn't get the ball out of a scrum. Well, um, I'd also argue it's because Farrell plays at 12 and he won't let, he won't let that happen. He wants to have the ball and be making decisions. I think there's an, there's a, an issue with Farrell wanting to be the main man and it affecting the whole of the game plan because it has to go through him. So Smith effectively is just taking the ball and dishing it to Farrell. To Farrell to make the play. I agree. So we're basically, we're, we're not doing anything until Farrell gets the ball. So we're, we're limited on what options we can run from. Like, how do you run an entire game plan from twelve? We, it's quite clear that you can't. But we've said this for year, for years when it was George Ford in exactly the same position. If Owen Farrell plays, he has to play 10. And it's how clear. I what I don't understand is how three fucking idiots in their front rooms can see this, but the most highly paid man in world rugby doesn't get it despite it being there in black and white and with the best team of analysts and coaching. And I, I just don't understand. And like, he must know that he must know that the public opinion has turned against him. So why not just come out and say, this is what we're trying to do. We were trying to do this for the world cup. We're trying to do this. No, it's like no one buys his bullshit because it's like, what actually are you doing? You won't tell us. And every time we watch the team play, and when people pay 200 quid to go to a South Africa match, they served up this dross week after week, game after game. And you just sort of laugh it off with your stupid, pithy interviews. It's ridiculous. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can. I completely agree. And the 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 whole building for a World Cup narrative is so tiresome. If you or, were build, if he was building for a World Cup, he wouldn't have dropped Billy and Mako at the end of the last cycle. What he's tried to do is build for a World Cup, but he's bricked himself and he's brought all this stuff back, and he's created so much of a problem by bringing Smith in and not giving him autonomy, having Farrell hold his hand. He doesn't know how to get out of that situation now because if he drops Smith, he's going to get pilloried. And he feels like he can't drop Farrell because it's his captain. So he's, he's made the rod for his own back. I've, I, I would actually have no problem with him dropping Smith and play, even putting Smith on the bench. drop Farrell. Farrell offers nothing. I, I actually I actually think Farrell is an exceptional 10. And as a distributor, and, you know, he might not be as um, electric as Smith on the ground, but Owen Farrell, of what I've been watching him play a couple of times for Saracens this season, with players outside him offering, you know, effective running lines, actually, he is very, he, he's exceptional. He's world-class. He's world-class 10. He's a different 10 to Marcus Smith, quite obviously, but he is a world-class 10. He is not a world-class 12. He's not even, he's not even an international 12, I don't think really, because what does he offer? Other than his goal kicking, which was not very good at the weekend. Like as a 12, he's not playing as a 12. He's playing as a, (laughs) well, so we're playing 10, 10, 10, 10, 13. And that's, and that's the problem. As as the the great American TV show The Office once said, "What organization doesn't run better with two heads? Where would Catholicism be without the popes? We can't play a rugby match with two tens. You can't. You don't have two quarterbacks on the field in American football. No." You need a nonsense. decision maker. It is a nonsense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on who that is, you know, I, I don't care who it is. I just want one of them. Ben? Yeah, I think the evidence is becoming clearer and clearer, isn't it? Um, it, it it's, just conf- it's just confused. Everything's confused. You know, they're leaning on a basin in the bathroom you know it's it it just gets through a couple of phases and then no one knows what they're doing and it it, you're right it could be that there's too many cooks in there trying to make decisions whereas they all need to be singing off the same hymn sheet don't they you're almost better having less of a decision maker at 12 who's just going to do something simple until smith's off the floor you know or, or Farrell's off the floor, but if they're just if they're doing different things, then it, it's just gonna that's that's yeah, but, creating the confusion. But but rugby time in memoriam has only had one ten, and when the ten isn't there, you just find a way around. You don't need two tens. You don't have to reinvent well, the fact. There's always been centres that can that can play a bit of ball that can, yeah. that can play and distribute, but they're not tens running the show. Yeah, they're not. You know, like someone like Mike Cat would just, you know, sort of just slip in and 
you know provide continuity rather than trying to run the show um so i think that wasn't a problem um i'm almost with you like i wouldn't mind if it if they just went with farrell now and then whoever takes over in a year's time can just go with smith and we'll go from there um you know at least you know with farrell we know what we're getting um and you know if we go with smith then he's got us like doug was sort of alluding to he's got to start from scratch he's gonna have to pick you know decide which two centers he wants he's gonna have to decide um who's gonna play in the back row as well and um you know we've got five competitive games now to the world cup yeah Yeah, you mentioned we've only got five competitive games left then until after the uh, until before the World Cup now. So we've got the Six Nations. Do you can we see any any change? Do you think the RFU will actually do anything about it? Obviously, we briefly mentioned Wales and the fact that Pivak's heads on the on the block after losing to Georgia and um, that. Have they, have they done anything about anything in the last ten years? No, no, they haven't. No, but there were there was there was talk of a, a review due to England's poor dismal performance. I think we're at 36% win ratio this week or 38% like for the, for the year, you know, we got, we, we were shit in the six nations. We've lost now to Argentina. We scraped a draw against New Zealand when really they threw it away. Let's be honest. And we got absolutely dry reamed by South Africa. Um, I don't. How can they think, not be considered in this future? I don't think they will, just because it's so close. You know, he's going to go afterwards anyway, isn't he? So, why pay him off? You know, and because it's looking extremely likely that we're going to get pumped by everyone in the World Cup. Yeah, but. My, what I'm, what I do worry about is, um, the front, the front row situation because I don't think it matters who's, who's coach or, or whoever it is. I don't think we've got many front rows because we can't keep you know, them fit. Yeah, the ones got, that manage to stay fit are fuck it. Well, well, you've got those six but, carcasses. You know, the ones that that they used to be. Like yeah, Mako. you've got those. You've got those six players, but there's no no one really battering the door down to come in, is there? So you know, at hooker, the, the two hookers we've got are, are decent. Yeah, are, they're they're decent. And then you've got Genj Genj, who is you know arguably world class, but Sinclair is a shadow of his former self. He just kind of struts around thinking that he's amazing. When I haven't seen him have a good game for. Well, before the last World Cup, probably certainly since the World I Cup. I agree. Final. I think he he really does think he's made it, doesn't he? He thinks yeah. he's the yeah. He's he. I you tell you, what, he reminds me of. He reminds me of a bit of a shitter, Joe Marler. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? He's definitely one of those blokes that would say, "Well, what do you know? You've never played scrum. You've, you've never played as a loose head or a tight head, whatever stupid position he plays." You know, he's one of those people that would just not value the opinion of of people because he knows best because he's a professional rugby player. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then, but then we've got the likes of, and this is where we fall down. You know, Will Stewart scored a couple of tries against, against New Zealand, but the likes of Will Stewart, uh, Joe Hayes, um, I was trying to think of some other props that have kind of uh, Paul Hill, you know, they, they've yeah. been yeah. in and out. They've had chances. Do you remember like we, we've, it's almost like journeyman props that we kind yeah. of wheel out for a you few know. tests here and there and, uh, you know, never to be seen again. I remember um, Mullen. Who was Mullen? Did he go to Worcester in the end? Matt Mullen? Yeah. Matt he, Mullen. Was, he hung yeah. around for yeah, a little yeah. while and never really went anywhere, you know, and it's just, we re- we we lack any sort of real grit in that position. Yeah, you know, like proper strong boys. I mean, Gen- like Genj wants to fight people, and he's tenacious, and he you know fair play. He is a strong boy, but like proper strong boys, like the South African boys that came on were reminiscent of the Vickery Woodman White. Do you know what I mean? Just immovable objects as opposed to these fucking incredible athletes. I don't think props are supposed to be incredible athletes. Are they? They're supposed to be Stonehenge props. <laughs> They're supposed to be props. Yeah. You know, and it's nice that they, if they've got good at pushing or, or they can carry, you know, but that's, that's on top of their day job, isn't it? It, it you know, like, um, Phil Vickery was yeah. a good ball carrier, but he could prop. You, you know, you've got. Um, oh, I've gone blank. What's the Irish prop? Furlong. For, yeah, I mean, you know, on, on, he's a good. He's good at scrummaging. He might not yeah. be the world's best scrummager, but he does his job. And then you've got the other stuff on top. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, Mako, absolutely, yeah, he came on against New Zealand and carried brilliantly, but he, he, he's struggling to do his day job now. But there isn't anyone knocking on the door, is there? I mean, you'd say the next prop, the, the prop that's most unlucky to not be anywhere near the squad is Cole, Dan Cole. How old is Dan Cole? I mean, I, know I mean, he's, he's old. But he's, probably, he's, he's probably not as old as we think, because I think he was fairly young when he came into the squad. But he's got to be, you know, way into his 30s, isn't he? 35. So, yeah. and you could argue, like, uh, I don't want to be going back, much like I didn't want to be going back to Vanapola and Vanapola. You know, I don't want to be going back to Joe Marler and Dan Cole either. We need to, like, we need to be finding new players, people to take these things forward, and but to be actual props. Mm. You know, Harry Williams and Alec Hepburn have fallen off the the face of the earth. You know, like Ben Moon. You know, like Ben Moon yeah. came on and he would just scrummage. He was just a really, really good scrummager. Didn't really want the ball, wasn't even interested in it. But Kay used to come in, I do his scrummaging, went home. I, I thought Harry Williams did pretty well for England. You know, he only made a few sub appearances, but I thought he always did pretty well. Um, I, You know, Hepburn was probably the opposite. I think he was just a bit, too well underpowered to be yeah. an international, but I thought Williams did pretty well. But I haven't seen—is he injured? Because I haven't, I haven't no, seen. No, he's him been for playing. Long... He just yeah, just can't can't get in. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trawling through the lineups at the weekend, and I'm trying to find. You've, English, you've got Shona, haven't you? Shona's Shona's Donuts. 
Well, there's Sh- the Shona, Rapava Ruskin. Um, but again, like his scrummaging is questionable. I mean, is he even English, Rapava Ruskin? I don't know. He's been in some squads, isn't yeah. he? Uh, he's English qualified. Yeah. English qualified. Um, uh, haven't see. we got supposedly one of the best scrum coaches in the world as well that we poached off South Africa? We can't, you can't. How do we keep term, getting these coaches that are supposedly amazing coaches? They work with Eddie Jones for a year and their reputation is in tatters and they leave depressed and alone. Yeah, never to be seen again. Yeah. This is a fair comment. Like, remember when John Mitchell came in? Remember when we had the Simon Amor, the best sevens attack coach, you know, who's going to revolutionize all of our attack? Remember when, you know, all these people, and it just makes you feel like we're going to end up with Eddie Jones leaving and Richard Cockrell coaching England full time. Do you know, do you know what the worst thing about, uh, we, we've, we've moaned about this now pretty, pretty much 40 minutes, but do you know what the, the worst thing about this is? And, and, and probably the most depressing thing is I'm actively looking forward to us getting out of the world cup and getting rid of this bloke. Yeah. Just, just so that we can, you know, hopefully get somebody in with a bit of vision. I, I really hope it's not Scott Robinson. I, we have too many good options over here that no English club rugby that, you know, hopefully will come in, come into this with, with eyes open. Who, who would you like to see? Uh, per, well, personally, I'd like, I'd love, and this may shock you, but Mark McCall is director or head coach. Sam Vesti as um, as attack coach, and if not Sean Edwards, then maybe um, may, maybe a um, Kevin Simfield or something like that. I mean, I, I can't, think Kevin Simfield would be a really good good appointment for the RFU, just PR wise at at the moment. Yeah. But, but what Vest has done for Saints, what McCall's done for Saracens, oblique under a cloud, and what Sinfield has done for Leicester, I don't think could be overstated. I think that would be a, a good team that would <clears throat> actually play good rugby. What What do you um, make of this supposed RFU shortlist to replace Eddie Jones? I haven't seen it. It sits with O'Gara, Edwards and... Robertson, I think. Well, Ogara won't want it because if Ireland bomb the World Cup, Farrell's gone. So that job then becomes available. He won't want it. Edwards won't want it because he'll be getting absolute bunts in France. And to be perfectly honest, coaching that defence must be the easiest job in the world. Just go out there and smash people, lads. We. Bonjour, le smash, le smash, oui, yeah, oui. Um, <laughs> you know, that can't be that difficult a job. Who were the other people? Uh, well, the ones I'd seen were it was O'Gara Robertson and um, Edwards. I mean, Scott Robinson, sure, but I'm not sure how how he'll fit how he fits with English rugby. I'm not sure that having someone from the Southern Hemisphere 
can have an influence over players that play in such a different manner on a weekly basis, I, I think it's got to be someone from up, up here, really. And I'm not, I'm not usually one for, you know, I'm not flag-waving or anything like that. I just think the way that rugby's played in England means you have to have a certain you have to have a certain uh, mentality to yeah i and- i absolutely agree i think it should be someone from the northern hemisphere who because i think england are at their best when they play like england and england's sort of natural style is much closer to south africa than to say australia or someone like that you know it's it's good set piece and it's strong ball carrying and it and unfortunately for for you know the viewer there's usually a lot of kicking as well um and i think you know well which is why i think a combination of a uh the people i've mentioned may be good because you get that but you have sam vesti there who would be every every stage of his career has played brilliant rugby yeah, I think, you know, you, you want to be able to take your chances when you get them, don't you? You know, you, you're making your chances, you know, and, and you know, Borthwick for, you know, his limitations as an international player is, is a good, you know, he, he runs the show well. And I think Simfield's a great shout because you're probably right. I don't think Edwards will come now because in, unless they make him actually the, you know, the, the boss. Yeah. Um, They'll have to make Edwards come. the boss. Yeah, um, which, but which you know, could be an absolute disaster for all we know. He hasn't been the boss, has he? Exactly. Yeah. But you know, you know that that is the the kind of combination I think they should be looking at, rather than completely. You know what, what I want more than anything, what I want is the ability as a an experienced viewer. I thought you were going to say cake. Yeah. <laughs> no, the ability as an experienced viewer to watch England play and have a modicum of an idea what it is they're trying to achieve by way of a game plan. And if that game plan doesn't work slash isn't working, the ability to alter it either in game or from week to week. Which at the moment, I don't see as being possible. Because Eddie Jones is such a belligerent skid mark on English rugby that he he refuses to fully admit responsibility for the for the current state of our of our team when really he's the only one that should take any responsibility. Let me tell you, when that guy finishes after the World Cup. He's going to go full Kwasi Kwarteng on this England team. <laughs> Kwasi Kwarteng. None of it's going to be Eddie's fault. It'll be the players not being committed, I don't know, strong, malleable enough. It'll be the press's fault. It'll be the RFU's fault for not backing him. It won't be Eddie's fault. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt it whatsoever. And I do like the the Kwasi Kwarteng analogy. Just blame everyone else. Right. I don't feel like I feel like I've 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 got it all off my chest. I think I've I'm I'm just about done. Um 
We've got a few months now before the Six Nations. There may well be some change. There may may well be some change in Wales. Um, as mentioned, losing to Georgia, that was delicious. That Australian comeback at the weekend, that was delicious. And if oh, England, if England weren't delicious. in such an absolute K hole, um, I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. But you know, which, we're in which the, comeback we're... was better, Australia or Iran? <laughs> I mean, uh, you you know, you could barely call Iran a comeback, can you? Iran was just a dismantling. <laughs> but you know, well, I can't, I can't, I can't laugh at Welsh rugby now after the way that England have played this autumn. Yeah. And they're like I say, they're arguably in a better place because it's more likely that they change their head coach before the Six Nations than England do, which at least gives them half a chance. So let, let, let's not forget we weren't exactly brilliant in the last Six Nations either. Or the Six Nations before that. Or the Six Nations before that. And 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 also the the, I mean we've we've kind of certainly alluded to it, but we probably haven't actually said it. South Africa were very very good without some of their best players. I mean if if you watch, I think we made them look good, mate. I think I don't yeah. think they're I don't think they're a patch on the side they were. Nope. Um, True. They offered, you, they offered you know, absolutely not. So so they didn't. I say they didn't beat us. They did beat us. So there was the kick. To talk about the that, game. Did that, side, that same side lost to Scotland, right? Uh, no, they didn't play Scotland, did they? They lost to Ireland, didn't they? They lost to Ireland. But, Ireland, no. But, um, what, but what they, I was, was going to... kick chase. Go on, Ben. Sorry, mate. I, I was just going to say, if you, watch, you, know, if, if you watched um, France against South Africa two weeks ago, you know, that England performance would have just been buried. And it would have been far worse. I mean, by both sides in that game, France, South Africa was a different level. Um, you know, so, so yeah, you know, that's concerning as well in that, you know, even if we do get out of the group stage, I, we'll, we could just still be demolished. I've no doubt we'll get out of the group stage of, an, of a, a group of Argentina and Japan. Mm. If, you know, we could well finish second, but we'll get out of the group. But whoever we play next will smash us to smithereens. Um, what I was going to look at is... So South Africa didn't have to do anything to beat us on Saturday. They 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 had they didn't have to do anything. There was a kick chase. So the the kick actually wasn't a bad one. It would it it was outside the twenty two, so we couldn't mark it. The chase wasn't great. Yes, you could argue Stuart Stewart got a little bit blocked off, but as soon as Matey Boy, um, uh, I don't say got hold of it. It was a dense, was it? Arense, I can't remember how to how pronounce it. As soon as as soon as he got the ball, it was it was curtains because over, he was yeah. gone. No one could get anywhere near him. Um, there was a lock in the lead up to that try, mind. Yeah, I, I thought it was a block. But yeah, the, the I mean, Doug was just yeah. saying there was a. It, it was, but 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 I'm not the, I'm not too worried away. about that because it was a shit chase. Yeah, it was just Stewart and the hooker. So yeah, yeah. one. Pass. I mean, I think actually South um, Africa kicked very. They kick well, yeah. But they sorry, kick but... very cleverly, I thought, because they, they, most of their kicks at first glance looked actually short, but, but they were putting them in so much traffic because England had all their blockers, and they were actually getting in the way of the of the of either Stewart or Freeman, whoever it was that was coming to catch it. They were they were actually 
being almost blocked by their own team because the kick was just that little bit shorter, um, which, which, you know, made it very difficult. And, you know, their own chase was pretty decent. Um, so I thought that was, that was pretty clever play really. Um, but, you know, at the same time, that is a fairly basic tactic. Yeah. I mean, we, we made, we made um, Wilhelm, sir, at times looked like prime Dan Carter. <laughs> we, we, the, the back line, they barely made any passes between them. Deal and didn't really do anything. They ran, no. ran him a couple of times. didn't go anywhere. Like the try they scored, the, the XFF try shouldn't, shouldn't have been given. Like Itoje's hands as a first man were on the ball, lifting the ball. He told him to leave it when he didn't have to leave it because he was yeah, the that was a man. weird one. It was so weird, but again, he was played the ball on the floor. He knocked it on, pick pick your infringement, but it was given. Whatever. So there's 14 points where they've scored that potentially they shouldn't have been given that would have made it closer, but we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve to win the match, and I'm glad that we we were punished, you know, in, in that way, but. South Africa, as I say, they didn't have to do anything to win. We we gave the, like as a team, England gave them everything, and that and that was it. Like they, you you say they played well. They they did some functional bits in in the set piece without being, you know, amazing. And their backs did nothing. So I would say they didn't do that well. Absolutely nothing. So, you know, I don't know what else to say, Russ. We we were shite, absolutely <laughs> shite. We are shite. We are. We should have just started with that. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it just ended it. Yeah. Yeah. Just opened a podcast. Yeah. So uh, weekend England was shite. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Go well. Go well. Go well. Right. <laughs> so let let's stop talking about that now. Um, any other business, Doug? Um, yeah, my, my my dad came down this weekend, and we butchered and ate a load of game meat, which was rather fantastic. Go to your butchers and get pheasants, partridges, ducks, all that. It's all good stuff. Partridge amongst the piggins. Oh fuck that, didn't I? Piggins. What's a piggin? <laughs> piggins. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Very good. Was it nice? All of your game. Doug, Doug's uh, Doug's frozen, but what I will say is on the kitchen counter, ten hours on the game did not render it pleasurable to mine oh. eye. <laughs> ben, any other? You literally you beat me to it. <laughs> um, we haven't mentioned Doddy Weir yet, have we? We have not mentioned Doddy Weir. Um, well done. So yeah, uh, very sad news. Great man. Um, I think. Every, every rugby fan of our age remembers him from the Living With Lions video, as well as being a, a really good rugby player. And, um, you know, what he's done to publicise his illness has is, is been amazing. Um, hopefully, Kevin Sinfield will get, probably should get a knighthood, I think, if, if nothing else, um, on the same subject. But, um, yeah, really sad news and 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure no one that knows him is listening to this, but you know, best wishes to to everybody involved. Yeah, I mean, the the inevitability of it doesn't make it any sort of easier when it does come, doesn't it? And you know, he transcended rugby all of the nations you know an underrated rugby player um he was actually a very good good player Mm -hmm. just played in a pretty shit scotland side of that era so uh it was unfortunate for him but a great man nonetheless so uh, yeah hopefully uh all of his hard work won't go to waste and there'll be some some cures for for mnd at some point in the future um I'm a celebrity. Did, did you guys watch? Do you watch I'm quick, a Celebrity? Quick change of pace. Let's change of pace. I'll end it with like with, with I'm a Celebrity. Do you watch it, Ben? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> the amount of tele the amount of television programs I've recommended to you that you won't watch because oh they're not real. Yeah, you're gonna sit here and talk to me about I'm a Celebrity. Just think it's funny, mate. You're an it's absolute disgrace. Fat junior cunt. It was funny, but what was funnier, I was going to say, is, um, shall we say, the left of the population losing their collective minds over Matt Hancock being in in the jungle and the absolute... Losing their collective minds over Matt Hancock being in there and actually not being that much of a dick. Yeah, yeah. Like like when he's potentially a politician, not not necessarily playing a character, but like... You've got to be a certain type of person in in politics, and you know it, it was a bit odd. And what then, kind of person would you be in politics, Russ? Oh, an utter cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you would definitely be fiddling expenses. <laughs> Not guilty. At least, it, um, at least you said expenses. <laughs> I, I would. I have got no problem making um, uncomfortable decisions and decisions that people don't like. I've got no problem saying stuff that people don't Ooh, like. You're odd. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I mean, I've got no problem saying stuff that people don't like, you know, wh- whatever. Um, I would, I would like one day, it's not going to happen in my lifetime, but I'd like one day for like a normal person, right? a normal down to earth person with a, with a little bit of a brain and in the head on their shoulders to be in charge of the country rather than some of these fucking public school nonces may or not may or may not be nonces. I don't know. There's nothing ever proven, um, <laughs> but uh, nonce may or may not be an actual nonce. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this, all of them. And I don't care who tries to tell me that, that the people in charge of labor aren't also fucking rich public school fucking idiots as well. Like they're all the same. They're all I don't know. I've gone from fucking I'm a celebrity's politics. I didn't want to do that. But um what I was gonna go on to say is the two people, in fact, the the two people voted out first of I'm a celebrity were two black women. And straight away the narrative all over to Twitter and social media was, Oh my god, I can't believe these people so institutionally racist that these two black women were voted off a popularity contest first where everyone quite quite literally everyone has the opportunity for an an equal vote and people didn't vote for him so 
you know, who, whose fault's that? That's what, that's all I'm There's saying. Russ. It's their fault. Well, no, it's not anyone's fault, but don't moan about it. I bet they didn't vote. The people that the people that were moaning about those two, the Charlene and Scarlett being voted out first, I bet they didn't get off the, on the I'm a celebrity app and, and cast their votes like the millions of people that were people out there. People fought and died. Yeah, they did. People fought and died for our opportunity to vote on I'm a celebrity, didn't they, Russ? They, they did. And <laughs> the people out there not voting. Uh, it's a disgrace. It is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Right. Um, it's time to go. Anyway, we will no one long. remember the Great X Factor War of nineteen forty-three <laughs> to forty-four. No, that was Will Young. That was the that was the travesty when Will Young beat Gareth Gates. That was Pop Idol. And I remember. Do you remember when when the winter I was at Bentley Priory, when me and Doug were, uh, you know, mostly drinking and smoking tubes? It was Michelle McManus, and I don't know why I remember that, but. Um, I thought I thought you were going to say you had to go in and sort out the the 1984 MasterChef massacre or something like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh no, we we were not trusted with anything other than uh, the free bar at the Naffy that wasn't free. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honour. Um, right, <laughs> let <laughs> let's, let's get out of here. It's been a pleasure. Um, we may or may not be back next week with something. Um, See, there's no Premiership rugby is shit as well. That can get in the bin. Um, positive. You're the worst rugby podcast in the world. We really are, are we? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, because that's blood and mud. Thank you very much. All Speak right, to you later. Absolutely. Yeah. Go well. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.